These are the sermons of St. Alphonsus Liguori, brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media, restoringthefaith.com. Sermon number seven, for the second Sunday after the Epiphany on the confidence with which we ought to recommend ourselves to the Mother of God. And the wine failing, the Mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. John In the Gospel of this day, we read that Jesus Christ, having been invited, went with his Holy Mother to a marriage in Cana, of Galilee. The wine failing, Mary said to her divine son, They have no wine. By these words, she intended to ask her son to console the spouses who were afflicted because the wine had failed. Jesus answered, Woman, what is it to me and to thee? My hour is not yet come. He meant that the time destined for the performance of miracles was that of his preaching through Judea. But though his answer appeared to be a refusal of the request of Mary, the son, says St. Chrysostom, resolved to yield to the desire of the mother. Although he said, My hour is not yet come, he granted the petition of his mother. Mary said to the waiters, Whatsoever he shall say to you, do ye. Jesus bids them fill the water pots with water. The water was changed into most excellent wine. Thus the bridegroom and the entire family were filled with gladness. From the fact related in this day's gospel, let us consider in the first point the greatness of Mary's power to obtain from God the graces which we stand in need of, and in the second, the tenderness of Mary's compassion and her readiness to assist us in all our wants. First point, the greatness of Mary's power to obtain from God for us all the graces we stand in need of. So great is Mary's merit in the eyes of God that according to St. Bonaventure, her prayers are infallibly heard. The merit of Mary is so great before God that her petition cannot be rejected. But why are the prayers of Mary so powerful in the sight of God? It is, says St. Antonine, because she is his mother. The petition of the mother of God partakes of the nature of a command, and therefore it is impossible that she should not be heard. The prayers of the saints are the prayers of servants, but the prayers of Mary are the prayers of a mother 
and therefore, according to the holy doctor, they are regarded in a certain manner as commands by her son, who loves her so tenderly. It is then impossible that the prayers of Mary should be rejected. Hence, according to Cosmos of Jerusalem, the intercession of Mary is all-powerful. Omnipotens auxilium tuum o Maria. It is right, as Richard of St. Lawrence teaches, that the Son should impart his power to his mother. Jesus Christ, who is all-powerful, has made Mary omnipotent, as far as a creature is capable of omnipotence. That is, omnipotent in obtaining from him her divine Son, whatever she asks. Saint Bridget heard our Savior one day, addressing the Virgin in the following words. Ask from me whatever you wish, for your petition cannot be fruitless. My mother, ask of me what you please. I cannot reject any prayer which you present to me, because since you have refused me nothing on earth, I will refuse you nothing in heaven. St. George, Archbishop of Nicomedia, says that Jesus Christ hears all the prayers of his mother as if he wished thereby to discharge the obligation which he owes to her for having given to him his human nature by consenting to accept him for her son Filius exolvens debitum petitiones tuas implet Hence St. Methodius martyr used to say to Mary rejoice rejoice O Holy Virgin for thou hast for thy debtor that son to whom we are all debtors to thee he owes the human nature which he received from thee St. Gregory of Nicomedia encourages sinners by the assurance that if they have recourse to the Virgin with a determination to amend their lives, she will save them by her intercession. Hence, turning to Mary, he exclaimed, Thou hast insufferable strength, lest the multitude of our sins should overcome thy clemency. O Mother of God, the sins of a Christian, however great they may be, cannot overcome thy mercy. Nothing, adds the same saint, resists thy power, for the Creator regards thy glory as his own. Nothing is impossible to thee, says St. Peter Damien. Thou canst raise even those who are in despair to hopes of salvation. Richard of St. Lawrence remarks, 
that in announcing to the Virgin that God had chosen her for the mother of his son, the Archangel Gabriel said to her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found grace with God. From which words the same author concludes, If we wish to recover lost grace, let us seek Mary by whom this grace has been found. She never lost the divine grace. She always possessed it. If the angel declared that she had found grace, he meant that she had found it not for herself, but for us miserable sinners who have lost it. Hence, Cardinal Hugo exhorts us to go to Mary and say to her, O blessed lady, property should be restored to those who lost it. The grace which thou hast found is not thine, for thou hast never lost the grace of God. But it is ours. We have lost it through our own fault. To us then, thou oughtest to restore it. Sinners, who by your sins have forfeited the divine grace, run to the Virgin and say to her with confidence, Restore to us our property which thou hast found. It was revealed to St. Gertrude that all the graces which we ask of God through the intercession of Mary shall be given to us. She heard Jesus saying to his divine mother, Through thee, all who ask mercy with a purpose of amending their lives shall obtain grace. If all paradise asked a favor of God, and Mary asked the opposite grace, the Lord would hear Mary and would reject the petition of the rest of the celestial host. Because, says Father Suarez, God loves the Virgin alone more than all the other saints. Let us then conclude this first point in the words of St. Bernard. Let us seek grace, and let us seek it through Mary, for she is a mother, and her petition cannot be rejected. Let us seek through Mary all the graces we desire to receive from God, and we shall obtain them, for she is a mother, and her son cannot refuse to hear her prayers, or to grant the graces which she asks from him. Second point, on the tender compassion of Mary and her readiness to assist us in all our wants. The tenderness of Mary's mercy may be inferred from the fact related in this day's gospel. The wine fails. The spouses are troubled. No one speaks to Mary to ask her son to console them in their necessity. But the tenderness of Mary's heart 
which according to St. Bernardine of Siena, cannot but pity the afflicted, moved her to take the office of advocate, and without being asked, to entreat her son to work a miracle. Unasked, she assumed the office of an advocate and a compassionate helper. Hence adds the same saint, if unasked, this good lady has done so much, what will she not do for those who invoke her intercession? Si oc non rogota perfecit, quid rogota perficiet. From the fact already noted, St. Bonaventure draws another argument to show the great graces with which we may hope to obtain through Mary now that she reigns in heaven. If she was so compassionate on earth, how much greater must her mercy now be in paradise? Great was the mercy of Mary while in exile on earth, but it is much greater now that she is a queen in heaven because she now sees the misery of men. Mary in heaven enjoys the vision of God, and therefore she sees our wants more closely than when she was on earth. Hence, as her pity for us is increased, so also is her desire to assist us more ardent. How truly has Richard of St. Victor said to the Virgin, So tender is thy heart that thou canst not see misery and not afford succor. It is impossible for this loving mother to behold a human being in distress without extending to him pity and relief. Saint Peter Damien says that the Virgin loves us with an invincible love. How ardently soever the saints may have loved this amiable queen, their affection fell far short of the love which Mary bore to them. It is this love that makes her so solicitous for our welfare. The saints in heaven, says St. Augustine, have great power to obtain grace from God for those who recommend themselves to their prayers. But as Mary is of all the saints the most powerful, so she is of all the most desirous to procure for us the divine mercy. And as this, our great advocate once said to St. Bridget, she regards not the iniquities of the sinner who has recourse to her, but the disposition with which he invokes her aid. If he comes to her with a firm purpose of amendment, she receives him, and by her intercession heals his wounds and brings him to salvation. However great a man's sins may be, 
If he shall return to me, I am ready instantly to receive him. Nor do I regard the number or the enormity of his sins, but the will with which he comes to me. For I do not disdain to anoint and heal his wounds, because I am called, and I truly am, the Mother of Mercy. The Blessed Virgin is called a fair olive tree in the plains. From the olive, oil only comes forth, and from the hands of Mary, only graces and mercies flow. According to Cardinal Hugo, it is said that she remains in the plains to show that she is ready to assist all who have recourse to her. In the old law, there were five cities of refuge in which not all, but only those who had committed certain crimes could find an asylum. But in Mary, says St. John Damascene, all criminals, whatever may be their offenses, may take refuge. Hence he calls her the city of the refuge for all who have recourse to her. Why then, says St. Bernard, should we be afraid to approach Mary? She is all sweetness and clemency. In her there is nothing austere or terrible. St. Bonaventure used to say that in turning to Mary, he saw mercy itself receiving him. When I behold thee, O my lady, I see nothing but mercy. The Virgin said one day to St. Bridget, Miserable and miserable for eternity shall be the sinner who, though he has it in his power during his life to come to me, who am able and willing to assist him, neglects to invoke my aid and is lost. The devil, says St. Peter, is a roaring lion goeth about seeking whom he may devour. But according to Bernardine of Bustis, this mother of mercy is constantly going about in search of sinners to save them. She continually goes about seeking whom she may save. This queen of clemency, says Richard of St. Victor, presents her petitions and begins to assist us before we ask the assistance of her prayers. Because, as the same author says, Mary's heart is so full of tenderness towards us that she cannot behold our miseries without affording relief. Let us then, in all our wants, be most careful to have recourse to this Mother of Mercy, who is always ready to assist those who invoke her aid. Invenie semper paratam auxiliari, 
says Richard of St. Lawrence. She is always prepared to come to our help and frequently prevents our supplications. But ordinarily, she requires that we should pray to her and is offended when we neglect to ask her assistance. In te domina peccant, says St. Bonaventure. Non solum qui tibi in iudiam irrogant, sed siam qui te rogant. Thou, O blessed lady, art displeased not only with those who commit an injury against thee, but also with those who do not ask favors from thee. Hence, as the same holy doctor teaches, it is not possible that Mary should neglect to succor any soul that flies to her for protection, for she cannot but pity and console the afflicted who have recourse to her. But to obtain special favors from this good lady, we must perform in her honor certain devotions practiced by her servants, such as, first, to recite every day at least five decades of the rosary, secondly, to fast every Saturday in her honor. Many persons fast every Saturday on bread and water. You should fast in this manner, at least on the vigils of her seven principal feasts. Thirdly, to say the three Aves when the bell rings for the Angelus Domini, and to salute her frequently during the day with an Ave Maria, particularly when you hear the clock strike or when you see an image of the Virgin, and also when you leave or return to your house. Fourthly, to say every evening the litany of the Blessed Virgin before you go to rest. And for this purpose, procure an image of Mary and keep it near your bed. Fifthly, to wear the scapular of Mary in sorrow and of Mount Carmel. There are many other devotions practiced by the servants of Mary but the most useful of all is to recommend yourself frequently to her prayers. Never omit to say three Aves in the morning, to beg of her to preserve you from sin during the day. In all temptation, have immediate recourse to her, saying, Mary, assist me. To resist every temptation, it is sufficient to pronounce the names of Jesus and Mary. And if the temptation continues, let us continue to invoke Jesus and Mary, and the devil shall never be able to conquer us. St. Bonaventure calls Mary the salvation of those who invoke her. O salus te invocantium. And if a true servant of Mary were lost, I mean one truly devoted to her, who wishes to amend his life and invoke with confidence this advocate of sinners. This should happen 
either because Mary would be unable or unwilling to assist him. But, says St. Bernard, this is impossible. Being the mother of omnipotence and of mercy, Mary cannot want the power or the will to save her servants. Justly then is she called the salvation of all who invoke her aid. Of this truth there are numberless examples. That of Saint Mary of Egypt will be sufficient. After leading from many years a sinful and dissolute life, she wished to enter the Church of Jerusalem which the festival of the Holy Cross was celebrated to make her feel her miseries. God closed against her the door which was open to all others as often as she endeavored to enter. An invisible force drove her back. She instantly perceived her miserable condition and remained in sorrow outside the church. Fortunately for her, there was an image of the Most Holy Mary over the porch of the church. As a poor sinner, she recommended herself to the Divine Mother and promised to change her life. After her prayer, she felt encouraged to go into the church. And behold, the door which was before closed against her, she now finds open. She enters and confesses her sins. She leaves the church and under the influence of divine inspiration goes into the desert where she lived for 47 years and became a saint. <laughs>